3: Welcome to a Friday edition of Locked on Heat. On- by emailing us at
0: LockedOnHeat. At- Potential there. And I think there's enough of it where you're not, you're not quite sure about... Look, you don't want to get into the same situation that Minnesota did. They thought they were going to be in a great place with Jimmy, not just last season, which was enough to get them into a, a, the playoffs for the first time in 15 seasons. But they thought they were going to be able to lock him up beyond this. So they were looking at building off of last year's playoff success, continuing to make greater strides this season. And then continue to build on that next year and beyond. You don't want to be in that situation for Miami. And while we're hearing reports that Butler and his representatives are willing to re-sign in Miami, and that's the w- reason why Miami has to make that move to acquire him, so they can get his bird rights. At the same time, there are concerns about his age. There are concerns that he might not be as effective a player a few years down the line. Are you sacrificing too much in order to give you know in order to acquire Butler? I'm not sure if it's a failure if they have to trade two or three guys. I still think it's a big risk and one you might not be willing to make.
3: I would not do it. I one one young guy Max and not Bam. I wouldn't. And
0: like we were pretty confident uh, in moving Richardson last week and then we yeah. heard the 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 ultimate dream that maybe Richardson was off the table. If you if you make a deal, let's say you get Butler and you make a deal for let's, let's say Richardson and Winslow and you hang on to Bam at a bio somehow, is that make it a good deal?
3: You're able to hang on to Bam, but you get rid of the other two guys. That's really tough, you know, because we you're gonna get Butler back, right? That's the idea is you resign with your bird rights, but 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 Winslow's deal if if the heat were to re sign him or extend him would be a favorable deal more likely than not. And you need those kind of contracts, especially when Jimmy Butler's contract is going to be a bloated one, right? Sure. And so, you, that, to me, it's less about, I mean, it's partly about the potential and wanting to hang on to those young guys and just sort of the connection that they have with the organization. But really, yeah. it's about getting the most out of your contracts because, you, uh, you know, an NBA roster, typically you need to have guys who are going to outperform their deals. And if you get rid of, uh, and the Heat, look, are already short on that sort of player – and if you, get, if you lose two of your three young guys who are all going to outperform their contracts this season, then it makes it even more tough. And so that, to me, it, makes, it would be a failure. On the, and, and look, I don't think that the Heat would or or will do that. I, I, I think that they'll offer maybe one of the, their young guys max, and it won't be Bam. It's going to be either Winslow or Richardson. I'm still in, of the belief that if you could part with Richardson and basically do Richardson plus salary for, for Butler, you do it. Um, I... I when push comes to shove, but the, what we're hearing is that the Heat want Josh Richardson off the table because they're envisioning a pairing on that perimeter of Josh Richardson and Jimmy Butler, and that's sort of why this thing is going to work. Right. Um, otherwise, you're just sort of upgrading Josh Richardson, yeah, but to a guy who is at a subs- who's going to get paid four times as much as Josh Richardson will, you know, three years down the road. And uh, who by then ultimately might not be that much of an upgrade over him anyway, and certainly won't be worth 400 percent times his salary or whatever the math is. Yeah. So uh, to that, I get it, but I still think you almost have to do it. that That said, I could see this thing spilling over into the regular season. I know we thought that this thing is gonna be close and it feels like it's close now, but it's felt like it's been close before, and like, look Carmelo Anthony, didn't he? When he tried to get out of Denver, didn't he ask for a trade right before the season and it almost went into it went all the way into December, didn't it?
0: Yeah, I, I don't recall that being as contentious though. Like mm. I, I don't think he had a problem with the guys in the
3: locker room. I think he was just looking to get paid and looking to move out of the nuggets. It was more of a Paul George situation. He was just like kind of. I'm leaving after, just so you know. Right.
0: This which is where the argument comes in, as we've seen bickering back and forth between Miami media and Minnesota fans and or media kind of claiming who has the leverage here. Like, can Minnesota afford to keep Jimmy Butler where he is right now and not make a move until later on this season? It seems more than likely that that's not the case from Minnesota's perspective or from those fans that have been very vocal on Twitter. They seem to think it's not that big a deal. I I, mean, I think we're in the opposite end of that where we think, you know, why would you want to hang on to a guy who clearly doesn't want to be there, who could disrupt everything? Let's say... You're you're able to trade. Let's say you you acquire a player like Josh Richardson or somebody else that can come and contribute right away. The goal is still to make the playoffs for Minnesota. Why would you be willing to risk that by have a potentially disastrous locker room situation, one that could be even more contentious than it was last season? If you hear all the reports about what's happened and things that I've seen, et cetera, you know, I, you could say that that locker room was really really bad. And it's not you have. It's not like you know. As fans, we all want to envision this perfectly harmonious locker room with 15 guys that are closer than brothers and they get along and they go to movies together and they go and do all these wonderful things, have team dinners and all that stuff. That's not the reality. There are cliques. There are groups. Jimmy Butler's still been in contact with Jeff Teague, their point guard for the Timberwolves, so it's not like he is... Hated amongst everybody, but he can't get
3: along with Carl Anthony Towns. No, I mean, Towns get along resigned because, yeah. Towns got the extension because he thought Butler was, was leaving, and, right. and Minnesota already, like, disinvited Jimmy Butler to media day because they didn't want to deal with it. Like, he is as gone as you could possibly go- be gone, and he's, they, they've got to make a move. So, um, one report that I saw from Ira Winderman, South Florida Sun Sentinel, said that, the Timberwolves don't want to take Deion Waiters or Son Whiteside back, but it also included James Johnson, and I found that kind of surprising. I thought James, you know, I, I understand James Johnson is overpaid at fourteen between between fourteen and fifteen million a year, but I think he'd be a really good fit next to Cat. Now maybe they're like, well, we've got Taj Gibson, we're set at power forward, but which is a thing to believe. But I don't know. I I still think there's there's so much posturing happening right now that it's like. You know, the Timberwolves are saying, we don't want Dion or Whiteside or James Johnson. You, we're not going to take either of them back. And Miami, Miami's saying, well, we're not giving you Bam and Josh Roots, and that's not happening. Right. I There seems to be a lot of reports and activity and woge bombs and whatever, but hmm. I just don't know that there's actually anything happening there. You know, it just it feels like a lot of posturing on both sides without that much conversation, constructive conversation happening, you
0: know? Yeah. Is this like a game of chicken to see who
3: blinks first kind of thing? I feel like that's exactly what's happening. Speaking of chickens, um, we've got a bird problem. (laughs) Brilliant You set me up for that. Uh, So, I think we've got an idea of why things are taking so long in Minnesota. Um, You know what? Let's take a quick break and then we'll get to that next. Uh, I want to talk to you about Locked on NFL because it's becoming a favorite daily NFL podcast. On Mondays, it's the local experts on the biggest stories from the weekend. On Tuesdays, Former NFL and Miami Dolphins quarterback Sage Rosenfels joins host Matt Williamson, who will have some of the brightest voices in football on throughout the week, available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
2: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc, only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.
1: Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
3: Before we get to tonight's game against the Wizards, I want to talk about the story that I found in the Huffington Post, and I don't think enough people are talking about it because it explains a lot of what's happening in Minnesota. All right, so I just... I'm going to read the first three paragraphs to the story. Minnesota birds are getting drunk on fermented berries, according to police. Some birds in Minnesota are getting really flocked up on fermented berries, according to police in the city of Gilbert. On Tuesday, the department posted a notice on Facebook warning citizens that it has received several reports of birds that appear to be, quote, under the influence, flying into windows cars and acting confused. Apparently, the birds are getting boozed up from berries that fermented earlier than usual due to an early frost. So birds are drunk based on berries. Berries are delicious. I think that the, front, the Minnesota's front office is eating said berries, and they are all drunk, and that's why they can't come to a conclusion or an agreement on what to do about Jimmy Butler. Does my theory have legs?
0: Mm-hmm. I'm trying to picture like a half-naked Tom Thibodeau up in the branches of some kind of dried-out tree <laughs> in Minnesota, and it's this frightening thought. You know, picking berries somehow maniacally. Uh, I'm not sure. Ice. The, I'm sorry?
3: Screaming ice. I, yes. Yes. Of the and early high
0: pitched, like, yeah, like in a caw voice almost like a. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> that is terrifying. I, I might have nightmares tonight. Uh, but yeah, I guess it could explain a lot. Like, things are different in Minnesota. Uh, when we talked to Tim Fakeless, it feels like an eternity ago, even though I think it was just oh last God. week. Um, you know, we kind of heard about this insular kind of uh minnesota twitter you know because of the years of oppression there minnesota is their own small universe and of course now you've got drunk birds flying into things it's it's pretty terrifying
3: uh i'm not sure <laughs> i have if it's no desire to, be- to go to minnesota at any point like no time soon i hear it's nice yeah but if I birds are flying into stuff no thanks nope
0: yeah that's I, you know, there are birds that fly, I think, purposefully in Miami. Like, I remember there are like grackles. I don't know if you, you, it's been a long time since you were in South Florida. I don't know if you recall what a grackle is, but they're like small crow like birds Those and they're black. black. Ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, the females are browns nice. and the, mm-hmm. the males are black. And if you get too close to a nest, they'll like fly, like dive bomb towards your head. And that's kind of weird because you're like just wandering around. You think everything's (laughs) safe. And all of a sudden you hear like a flutter and you see like this shade in the corner of your eye. And it's an angry grackle trying to protect its nest because you just happen to be walking by it. I don't know if that's the same thing as, like, a drunk bird losing control and thinking it can gauge accurately how far away you are and all of a sudden loses control and bashes into your head. Or worse, can you imagine driving and all of a sudden a bird, like, hits your windshield? You'd freak out. You'd get into an accident. It's a potentially dangerous situation in Minnesota.
3: The one one of the police said they, they're, they're flying kind of erratically. We typically see them flying lower than usual through traffic. Like, I would... So, I, drive. Um, I think I'm last, year, last it's, it's, year, a bird slammed into my windshield when I was driving on the highway. Oh my god. And it was one of the most terrifying things ever. My girlfriend was actually sleeping in the passenger seat. We were coming back from some, some place and she was sleeping and it woke her up and she screamed. And I, like, it was terrifying. I think it would be more terrifying to actually see birds driving through traffic and then yeah. people and then like people trying to like weave in and out because a bird can only do so much damage. Yeah, I could probably crack your windshield and that sucks but like cars start weaving in out of traffic trying to avoid birds and now we got cars crashing each other like this is don't go to minute like no wonder jimmy butler wants out like he's probably like he's probably gotten hit by like four birds by now he's like you know what screw this place i'm going to miami he probably doesn't know about the crackles but uh <laughs> speaking of that w- i wanted to talk to you about what would be the most dangerous south florida animal to get drunk because We've got crazy animals in South Florida, and I think that like Minnesota, yeah, you got birds, cool, but like Miami can get pretty weird.
0: Yes, are there gophers in Minnesota? Right? Isn't that their team name, the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers? I would assume so. Yeah. I don't know. That doesn't seem like they'd be very dangerous if they were drunk. What are they like, going to do? Burrow extra hard? I don't. I don't know. Are they gonna I like think I feel like they would
3: just. Yeah, I feel like they would just be stuck underground, and nobody <laughs> would ever know. Like how how many years would minnesotans 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 yeah have to go before they realized all the gophers were drunk like would it be like four or five years people are like you know what i haven't seen it in a long time a gopher <laughs> and like <laughs> they're, they're all, all just like <laughs> all hammered underground but wait, yeah. so miami we talked a little bit about it before we started recording and i i, I feel like the dolphin would be the most dangerous animal drunk right because Absolutely. like we've we we've seen the thing we've seen news stories about like dolphins just like you know playing in the in the ocean or whatever and and just sort of going up and like running into a dude on a jet ski and like that guy's you know right elbow is broken or whatever but if they're drunk like that would just happen way more often that would be terrifying like yeah it's, it's a beautiful cool,
0: sight to like, see them kind of like hopping out of the water and swimming yeah. by you and stuff like that until you realize that they're smashed and they have no idea what they're doing and they kind of knock you off. And you know, just they could they could I mean from what we've heard and, and seen footage of, you know, they they use those bottlenose dolphins, they use those nose to attack like sharks and stuff like that and poke at them in their eyes. Could you imagine a drunk belligerent dolphin just coming at you and poking at you with that thing? It could, it could potentially do some damage. Now there are other options though that we talked about. I think we we kind of decided that maybe the gator or crocodiles, those, those would be very tricky. You know, in in normal circumstances, under normal circumstances, they kind of, they're shy, you know, Uh, they kind of run away from you when they hear you coming because humans are so loud and obnoxious. And so they kind of normally dive bomb back into the water and get away from you if you're walking in through the Everglades or something like that. But a drunk gator? I mean, he he might be imbued with liquid courage. He might decide to to come up on you there and wonder what you're doing walking through his territory. Decide to bite off a leg or something like that. Next thing you know, you're stuck in like this drunk. What do they call that? Death roll underwater.
3: A, I mean, a drunk a drunken death roll. <laughs>
0: I mean, that would it's be like, terrifying, you know. I was like, "Hey, man, I was just walking through." He's like, oh, no, "I, don't think so." And he's gonna take you underwater. Next thing you know, you're in this ten minute death roll there. And he's not—he's kind of half-assing it too because he's drunk. Right.
3: So it's—it's it's not really—it's more like a lazy death roll than anything else. Um, it depends on what the gator is drunk on, right? Like fermented berries—that's like wine, right? So <laughs> if he's like drunk on wine, I feel like the gator would be like even more chill. He'd be like, "You know what? It's all love, dude." But. If, if it was like drunk on like Jameson or something like that, I sure. feel like you would be really combative. You'd be like, you're the dude that talked to my sister, you're going <laughs> down, like that would be terrifying. And then you've got like you know, alligators mistaking houses for like wherever, they, like their side of the canal or whatever sure. and so now they're wandering into houses that they don't belong in. And They've done just, that. Like, they do
0: that all the oh, time.
3: Yeah. Um,
0: Unbelievable. We used Where to have an
3: alligator that lived in our backyard and we were terrified of that happening all the time. Yeah. What about panthers? Not Not really. Oh my That's God.
0: A, their numbers are kind of low, so got yeah. They cover like really big areas. I don't know. You know, warthogs. We have warthogs here too. So yeah. I wonder. Get you know, an angry boar to come at you. You know, I see them you on know- the side of the road all the time, driving to Orlando. I imagine if they just start running onto the turnpike, really angry, that would be pretty, uh, pretty dangerous. Can flamingos like run? Uh, no. They I've never walk.
3: seen that. They just walk and stand, right? Yeah, they walk like, cause they like a, a a flamingo, or like uh, what's the one with the what's the one with all the feathers? <laughs> you mean a peacock? Yeah, a peacock. They are really mean. They're super dangerous, but I don't know that they're indigenous. Well, they, they, like, peacocks we are a dangerous problem
0: that. in South Florida. I don't know if you know this, but they uh, they tend to defecate everywhere. And they're very, yeah. very loud, especially during their mating season. The, the they're males... inva-
3: they were, I think they were invasive, right? Like they yeah, were.
0: they were brought over here by Spanish colonialists. Thank you so <laughs> much. Ugh. Great. Thanks,
3: Columbus. Thanks for <laughs> nothing. Uh, I'm trying to think. We Manatees, that could get, you know, just because of their size, that could get... I can get tough, um they're already pretty slow though I don't know, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think like that's really I think the dolphin and the alligator would be that would be dangerous because now the, they not only are you know the alligators can affect you know land and sea and or land and water, and then the the dolphins in the ocean, I mean they've got you by all sides, I mean that would be you be know we we're, we're
0: we're forgetting because they you know they come in such small sizes, but you know insects. Can you imagine like a, a horde of drunk ants? I mean, they just that would be a mess. I mean, not only are they dangerous for like territory and property and stuff like that, but if they don't just start going crazy, it's no longer about feeding the queen. Now they're just going around and biting whoever walks by them. That would be yeah, uh, that would be a bad situation there. So there are a lot of options. We want to hear from our listeners. What's the most dangerous drunk South Florida animal?
3: Yeah, for our mailbag. That would be great. Um, all right. Let's talk about tonight's game, but first, Locked on NBA is here for you every day, not just Tuesdays with us. Every Monday, get the local experts on the biggest stories, and then stay with Locked on NBA all week long to get daily news and analysis on everything going on in the league, available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
1: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar.
2: When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.
1: You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
3: The Heat will try to get their first win of the preseason when they play the Wizards tonight at 7. We'll look ahead to that matchup, but David, I'm concerned that with all this talk about how good Hassan Whiteside looks, Ryan and Magruder being like the next great wing in the NBA, uh, all the injuries, of course, that the Heat are dealing with and piling up, I feel like we're taking all of the preseason stuff way too seriously. Do you think I'm? Where, where do you stand on that? Uh, I, I kind of feel like this is a little bit
0: more indicative than it has been in years past of what the team is going to look like, and maybe it's because I'm more immersed in preseason culture and analysis and everything else that I have been in the past, although I don't know if that's necessarily the case. But I just like there are so many teams and and there's so much turnover during the offseason. And and even though for a team like Miami, obviously, they they're preaching continuity and it's been difficult to do so with so many injuries. So it's important to get good looks from guys like Whiteside and Magruder, who, who struggled with injury last year. I'm not sure that we're taking it too seriously. I don't know that we're taking it too lightly either. Like, you you kind of want to do what we've been doing, which is taking a look at, at gameplay, seeing how certain players respond, seeing how certain lineups work, knowing that that could all change very dramatically if you acquire Butler or even less so if you just get Richardson back into the lineup, which he's off the injury report, according to Heat Media. So uh, according to Heat PR, rather, they've indicated that uh, Richardson is available tomorrow to play mm-hmm. against or tonight, rather, against the Wizards. So that's something to look forward to. We'll see him in his first preseason action ever since the red, white and pink game, uh, the scrimmage at FAU earlier this week. But uh, I don't know. I, do you, are you feeling like it's we're taking, too, taking it too seriously looking at these things?
3: I feel like the whole oh my gosh injuries are piling up. The Heat are entering limping into the regular season just like they did last year. I'm hoping that we're taking that too seriously because I do feel like a guy like Wayne Ellington, he's gonna he's listed as doubtful for the game with ankle soreness. Like he would play if it was the regular season. Um, James Johnson, we figure that they are holding him out for the entirety of the preseason just because he's still recovering. He, he, won't the but, he won't be available for the yeah. start. He won't be available for the start season. That's what that's I mean. That's true. what they told us at, yeah, uh, yeah. at media day. So, but like I
0: don't know. Haven't you seen anything? I mean, haven't you seen anything from the preseason that you kind of you know are optimistic about? Aside from Whiteside's strong play and everything else, you know, something that you wanted to see out of the preseason that you've been able to, and that you know, I mean, I think that's I mean that's the, a the, Whiteside
3: stuff's, the Whiteside stuff the been good, um, but we've seen flashes of Whiteside before, and we've been really promising, and we've said on this podcast, well, if he only plays like that, then we're problem solved. Um, We've done that, how many, like, 15 times already. Uh, As far (coughs) as the injuries and the continuity thing, I just, James Johnson and Waiters are really the only people I'm really worried about, and Waiters is barely a part of the team anymore because he didn't play for the last 50 games of the season, so it's not like that really messes up with the continuity. And then James Johnson, so really, is, like, the only major injury, and Miami's so deep, you know, with guys that they could play at that position, I'm not that worried about it. Uh, especially when you have a guy like Justice Winslow who can sort of just do that. Yeah. Um, so, I'm not that concerned with that. I feel like we're a little bit too high with the white side and the Magruder stuff. Um, that said, there is, I, I will, I do want to, I, I do think that we've struck a nice balance on this show, trying to decipher and analyze what we're seeing. Yeah. Uh, and that will continue with the, the Wizards game tonight. But... Um, I just – I don't want to go I- – I'm trying not to go too much into it because I just – until we get the guys on the floor, especially somebody like Wayne Ellington who was basically the MVP of the offense last year, yeah. like until we see that on the floor, we just – there's there's a, a ceiling to how much analysis we can actually do.
0: Yeah, I, I but that's what we're here for. I mean, <laughs> I, look, I, I think it's it's fun to kind of go into it and see – how these players start to mesh, you know, how they, they start to produce. Maybe if there's been some improvement in the off season,
3: I, I'm well, let's, probably so a little are you, bit more encouraged. Well what, do you watch, well, what are you watching for for tonight's game, then? Because that's true. Like, there are certain things that you're looking for in the preseason. Like, if you're a Lakers fan, you're looking to see what the lineups are and and how LeBron interacts with his teammates. Don't, and that's don't all get me started stuff. on the Lakers. No, I, I know. You're, yeah, you're hey, Tim
0: Bontemps ge- agrees with me, so I, oh, I think that's go. pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. Did you see that piece from him earlier from the Washington Post?
3: Yeah, I just I don't agree with anything that was in there. Um, so, but what are you looking for in this Wizards game? Uh, uh, I want to the-
0: see I want to see if Whiteside continues to play at a high level. I'm right. also curious to see w- what Richardson looks like in his first action uh, yes. this season. Um, other than that. I'm hoping that Goron will kind of develop a spark that we haven't seen over the first two games, which, you know, that's predictable for him. He's a little bit older. He's a little bit slower. He's not the most explosive scorer at this point, so um, it's kind fair of, to and say. And kind
3: of coming out of, like, a standstill offseason compared to last year.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, from what we've heard and what he told us at Media Day was that, you know, it's not quite as busy an offseason as it was last year when he was leading Slovenia to the European World Cup there. But at the same time, um, you know, working on different things, working on his right hand a little bit more than he was, you know, finishing with the right hand, something that he hasn't done in years past or not made as much of a focal point as he has in the in, in the past. So he, he did work. He's a little bit slower, I think, and that's fine. You know, the, you, we see this all the time. It takes guys a, a certain rhythm to get back into. And I'm sure once, you know, you, the, the bright lights of the regular season start, um, I think you'll start to see a little bit more engagement from these players. I also want to see Dwayne Wade come back. To be honest with you, because I'm, I'm kind of hoping that he'll have at least one solid, efficient game. It's been a struggle for him so far during the the preseason. It's just two games, obviously, uh, but his shot isn't falling, and and I'm wondering whether or not he's questioning the decision at this point. Uh, there's been a nah. lot of I, I I don't know I don't uh, you know. Well, I mean, listen. I, uh, I I was doubtful that he was going to return, at, or you know, at the start of the uh, summer, and I was surprised to see him come back. But uh, you know, now that he's struggling with it, you wonder whether or not he, he's struggling with that decision too.
3: I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what Washington looks like because there's been a lot of talk with them about uh, shooting more threes, doing a more uh, you know space oriented game, and and things like that. So I'm interested to see what they do because. every year it seems like we go into the season, is this the year the Wizards put it together, blah, 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 blah. And this year we're not. Nobody's saying that. Like, nobody's, like, we just sort of forgot about them. So I feel like if they're going to do it, this would be the year to do it. And so I'm sort of, like, they're kind of flying under the radar a little bit. And I'm kind of interested to see what that looks like, so. Has Dwight Howard played? I don't know. I haven't watched or under the radar. Either. I haven't watched any Wizards games. <laughs> yeah, that's, I know. I heard. I, know. I, I saw some
0: footage. I saw uh, Otto Porter playing well. I mean, I know you're. I think you you like the Austin Rivers edition. I do. Um, you know that what about John Wall, John Wall and, and footage today? Kind of saying that you know he's no. I'm sorry. Footage on Thursday. Did you see this? Somebody asked him whether or not he has to dispel. The notion that he "quote unquote" parties too much, and uh, he did not. He didn't do much to silence that criticism. I think he, he basically just said, "I'm a grown man. I can do whatever the hell I want," um, and yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, I, sure. I, I think, <laughs> but at the same time, like I know we talked about John Wall being a potential trade target for Miami at some point last year. Like everybody, I, I think I think we're both a little bit uh, soured on that notion. I don't
3: know yeah. if Wall is the guy that we necessarily want on our team. Okay. Especially, I mean, like the d c area is supposed to be a big party town anyway, but it won't help if he's in miami um yeah. but look, hey, he's a grown ass man he could do whatever he wants, just like the birds in Minnesota. if they want to eat fermented <laughs> berries, let him do it. they're grown ass birds, they could do whatever they want Like I maybe
0: mean, we assume so. I mean, we don't know maybe the young berries young birds are eating these fermented berries, but there's no well, underage they, bird drinking limits
3: there's probably not, but somebody's got to do something about their parents because that's irresponsible so <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> it just... They share us off the rails. We're back in August, everybody.
3: <laughs> all right. We should end it there. Uh, that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening. As always, you can reach us by sending an email to lockedonheat@gmail.com at gmail.com or on Twitter by using the hashtag AskLOHeat. And, of course, make sure to hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whatever you use to listen. Music is courtesy of Mojave Wild. Thanks for joining me, David. I'm a grown-ass bird. I do what I want. Thanks for listening. One last thing before you go. If you run a company and you're unhappy with your return from advertising online or in print, try something new and advertise on a podcast here at Locked on Heat. This is a great opportunity for local South Florida businesses to connect with Heat fans. More and more people are listening every day. 50% of U.S. households listen to a podcast, and one in five Americans between ages 18 and 49 listen to at least one a month. That's according to Nielsen. Thanks to the rise in mobile options from iTunes to Spotify and more, to your smart speaker at home, there's more ways than ever to listen to podcasts. Now is the time to get in. Be ahead of your competition and start advertising on a podcast with us. Our rates are reasonable and based on the number of listens, so you get what you pay for, with numbers to back it up. Whereas print, TV, and radio ads are a shot in the dark, you have no idea who is reading, watching, or listening. That's not the case with podcasts. If you want to reach engaged, passionate, and knowledgeable South Floridians, this is the way to do it. For more information on next steps, email us at lockedonheat@gmail.com, at gmail.com, and we could be talking about your company on the next episode.
1: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
2: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly... Everything just makes sense.
1: Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.